I love the holidays. This is my favorite time of year. I love the sights. I love the sounds. I love the aroma of the holidays. And the reason why is because I love the meals of holiday. I love holiday meals. And every time this season comes around, I'm reminded of how my family and I would go over to my abuelita's house for Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving would start very early in the morning. We would start with breakfast tacos. We'd have papas con huevo, chorizo, machacado, potato and egg, bacon and egg, anything that you could make into a breakfast taco, it was made at my grandma's house. And she would put it in this really wonderful and luxurious flour tortilla that was made by hand. And I'll tell you, there's nothing better than a homemade flour tortilla. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen to that, it's delicious. But it didn't just stop there, it actually continued at lunchtime. And we would have a traditional Thanksgiving uh, uh, lunch. We would have uh, turkey and ham and green bean casserole and stuffing and five kinds of pies. But there was always more because we also did, not only did we do the traditional, but we did the Mexican version of Thanksgiving. We would have the tamales and the enchiladas and the buñuelos and, and pan dulce and all of it. The table that my grandma would set out was full with food and then there was an overflow table. How many of you know what an overflow table is? Yes, that's what we had at my grandma's house. And it, we would just gather together and have food and we'd get stuffed to the gills. And then my grandma would come up to us and she would say to all of us, comete un poco más, which if you know means eat a little bit more, but it wasn't a little, it was a full plate. And we'd say, grandma, there's no more room. And she would say, mijo, Mijo, you're, you're too flaco. Now, that was back then, not now. But she said, you're way too flaco. You need to eat more. So we would eat more. That would put us then into a food coma. And we would miss the first two quarters of the Cowboys game. But back then, the Cowboys were winning just like they are now. Praise the Lord for that. But the best part of it was the fact that we would gather together as family and we'd have a great time. My grandparents had a small home, but they had a big heart. And one of the things that they would do, as was their custom, is that they would open their home to other people. So if there was a congregant who didn't have a place to go for Thanksgiving, they would invite them over. If one of my uncle's coworkers who worked for the PD was on shift and he couldn't make it to his home, he would get invited over. And there was always one lady, a vecina, who would invite herself over. She would come to say hi. But we all knew she came for the food because she knew that my grandma was gonna give her a plato or give her a plate of food to take to go. And so she was blessed by that. But one of the things that I learned from my grandma and that my wife and I, we try to live out is we try to make room for people. We try to make room for one more. There was always room for one more. There was always room for people at my grandmother's table. She always welcomed people in. She didn't have much, but what she had, she was willing to give away. And I got to thinking about in this season how we need to make room for Jesus. In fact, that's the title of my message today, Make Room for Jesus. I wanna challenge you this season, this holiday season, to make room for Jesus. Can we agree to do that? Can we make room for Jesus? He's the reason for the season. He's the guest of honor. And I think there's room at our table, there should be room at our table and in our hearts and in our lives for Jesus to come in and for him to have connection and relationship with us. And with that in mind, I wanna invite you to Mark chapter 14. 
we're gonna look at the story of Jesus sharing a meal with his disciples. It's called the Last Supper. I think some of you are familiar with this. But before we jump into the text, let me tell you a little bit about what's going on in this passage. See, Jesus, he went into Jerusalem for Passover. And Passover was the most important feast day in the Jewish calendar. For you see, in that moment, the Jewish people were celebrating how God had saved them from punishment and from slavery in Egypt. And they would go year after year thanking God for how he set them free. And the reason why they would celebrate that moment was God had set them free. They had prayed for freedom and God gave them freedom. And the way that he did that is he instructed the Jewish people to take the blood of a lamb and put it on the top and on the doorposts of their home. And if they were to do that, God's judgment would pass over their home and everyone in their home would be saved. And so this is the custom that the disciples are a part of. They're familiar with the the Passover meal and the Passover celebration. But what they didn't realize was that this was their final Passover. They didn't realize that the Passover lamb that was celebrated year after year in their lifetime, that they were sitting in the presence of the Passover lamb, the lamb of God who would come to take away the sin of the world. For you see, the blood that was put on the doorpost was a type and a shadow of what was to come. And the fact that Jesus, the lamb of God, would pour out his blood on a wooden frame on a cross to provide freedom and hope to all of us. And that's why we celebrate Christmas and that's the reason why we celebrate Easter is because Jesus came to set us free. There's power in the blood of Jesus today. And if you need hope and you need healing today, just cry on the name of Jesus. Just lean into who Jesus is and you'll discover that he is the lamb of God and he's here to set you free. So let's let's join together in Mark chapter 14, verses 12 and following. Open up your Bible, your Bible app, your Westover app. Let's look at the word of God together. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? Let me pause here. Every time there was a Passover meal, there was the head of the household who would lead them in the Passover meal. And so they knew that he as their Lord, as their master, that he was the Lord of that Passover meal. So they're saying, Where do we need to go to make preparations for you to lead us in Passover? So he sent two of his disciples telling them, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house, he enters. The teacher asked, where is my guest room? Where may I eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Say ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, after everything was ready, Jesus arrived with the 12. Today, I wanna challenge you to make room for Jesus. Jesus is in the house, but he wants to be in our hearts. And one of the ways we're gonna lean into making room for Jesus is we're gonna do three things at the end of our time today. Number one, we're gonna give you the opportunity to enter into a personal relationship with the real Jesus. That's what we're talking about here. 
Not somebody who lived way back then, but somebody who lives right now, who died and rose from the dead to give us hope and freedom, and he wants relationship with you and I. And he's here to say, I'm here to invite you into a relationship, but I need you to make room for you, make, you, make room for me in your life. The second thing that we're gonna do is we're gonna take communion together, and communion is really is Passover meal 2.0. It's where we celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus. And number three, we're gonna end in worship. And our prayer team's gonna come up to the front. And if you need prayer for hope and healing, they're gonna be available. But even if you just want to step up to the table of God and get more of Jesus today before you step into the holidays, I know sometimes you have really great in-laws and sometimes you have outlaws and you just need all the prayer you need before you step into the holidays. But if you have been in a tough season and you just need the the spirit of God to refresh you, our altars will be open and we invite you to come and just worship the Lord. So that's how we're gonna end our time. But today, I wanna share with you three ways to make room for Jesus. Number one, number one to make room for Jesus is go where he tells you. Say go. Go where he tells you. What I've discovered is that sometimes in life we get lost. If you've ever gotten lost, you know you're lost. And if you're traveling with your spouse, you definitely know that you're lost because she'll tell you. Now guys, this isn't the moment to admit that you've gotten lost because all of us as husbands, we've gotten lost with our wife in the car. What I'm here to tell you is this, if, if at first you don't succeed when you're on a road trip, just do it the way your wife told you to do it and you'll get to your destination. She'll tell you to bring the map, to open up the GPS so you can get there. It's better to be humble and get to your destination than to be proud and get lost and, and be frustrated and have your wife be frustrated at you. In life, oftentimes we're lost because we don't have GPS. We need a God positioning system in our life and that's Jesus. God is our GPS. He always knows the way. For you see, Jesus is the way. He's the way, he's also the truth, he's also the life, and he's the one that can get us to the Father in heaven. If you're lost today, just go with the one who knows the way. You don't need to know the way, you just need to know the one who knows the way, and that's Jesus. If you're lost today, let him lead you to your destination, not only here in this life, but also your eternal destination, which is heaven. He intends for each one of us to get there to be with him. So Jesus tells them the way. Look at verses 12 and following. Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to take the Passover? Here's what happens. They asked him this pro profound question. They asked Jesus this question, and we all need to ask Jesus the same question. Jesus, where do you want for us to go? This is not how it works. We don't tell Jesus, hey, we're going this way, bless it. We need to go to him and say, hey, where are you wanting to lead me? Because everywhere he leads you will lead to blessing, but every way that you take on your own will lead to destruction and difficulty and struggle. We must be willing to go the way that he tells us to go. Our willingness to ask this question and then to follow how he responds to us wherever he directs us to go will determine the trajectory and the destination of our life. If you want blessing, if you want God's goodness in your life, be willing to go the way he tells you to go. What I love about this passage is that they go ahead and do it. Look at verses 16 and following. Well, actually, they say, he says this, go into the city, find a man carrying a jar of water, then follow him. Verse 16 says this, the disciples left and they found things just as Jesus had told them. I love what the disciples do here. They're just willing to obey. They don't ask questions, they just decide to go. Some of us, we just need to step out in faith. For you see, 
We don't need to just know where we're going. We need to just step out in faith because faith is obeying even when we don't understand. Faith is obeying even when we don't understand. There's gonna be moments when God asks you to step out in faith. And he's just asking you to go and follow him. Faith is obeying even when we don't understand. There's moments in time when I sense God tug on my heart to do something. It doesn't make sense to me, but later on I realize the wisdom of it. I promise you that if you're willing to follow God's word, you'll discover his way and he'll get you to the destination. We just need to be like the disciples and follow his directions and go where he wants us to go. Parents, we can relate to this. We often tell our kids, go this way, do this thing, and they ask that question, why? And you just have to tell them, just do it. I want you to trust me. There's something better for you on the other side. We did this one time with our kids. We told our kids, hey, we're going on vacation. We want you to pack your bags. They said, where are we going? We said, don't worry about it. We'll tell you when we get there. So what we did is we hopped on a plane. We went to Orlando and we landed. And it wasn't until we got to the Magical Express that they discovered that we were going to Disney. And they were so glad that they obeyed. They didn't need to understand at the moment what we were doing. They just had to trust the one who was giving them instruction. And the same is true for us. We have to trust the word of God. We have to trust the word of Jesus. And I promise you, the word of Jesus, it may not make sense to you right now, but it'll be crystal clear later. But we need to have faith and trust Jesus and step out in faith and follow wherever he tells us to go. If he tells you to invite a neighbor or a friend to the Westover Field of Lights, invite them. If he tells you to give cash or a gift card to that single mom or that family that's struggling, then go ahead and do it. If God tells you that there's a friend that's on your mind, he keeps putting them on your mind, go ahead and give them a call, pray for them. You never know what people are dealing with. They may have a smile on their face, but there may be sadness in their heart, and you encouraging them can be the thing that they need. If you follow God's word, you'll discover his way. We need to allow him to lead us to move forward. The second step to make room for Jesus is to prepare a place for him. Say prepare. We need to prepare a place for him. Jesus wants a place in our hearts. This unnamed man did. He made room for Jesus. He welcomed Jesus into his home. And probably the most significant and busy season of the year. This was Passover, keep in mind. It was so busy in the city of Jerusalem. Imagine that we were hosting the World Cup, the Super Bowl, and every major sporting events all at once. The city was packed. There was people overflowing into the countryside. Every room was packed, every guest room, every available space was taken. But somehow this unnamed man was able to hold the room and turn other people away because he knew he needed to make room for Jesus. Look at what verses 12 and following says. Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He sent two of his disciples and he told them, tell the owner of the house. The teacher asked, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Say ready. Furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. So they prepare the Passover. And when evening came, Jesus arrived. This man made room for Jesus, but he didn't give Jesus a back room. He gave Jesus the best room. 
He gave Jesus the very best room, the guest room that was furnished, that was ready. Everything was ready to go. It wasn't, it wasn't Motel 6, it was the Ritz-Carlton. He gave him the very best. He gave him the king suite. He gave him the Passover penthouse. He gave him the very best spot for Jesus. All of us are facing that same question. When Jesus shows up, are we willing to let him in? Are we willing to give him our very best room? Are we willing to make room in our life for him? Are we willing to roll out the red carpet for him? We are the owners of this house and he wants to come in and have relationship with us and have fellowship with us. I wanna challenge you today. When Jesus shows up at your door, invite him in. When he shows up at your door, invite him in. This is what Revelation 3.20 says and this is Jesus speaking. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. What Jesus is saying is I stand at the door and I just want you to let me in. And if you let me in, we'll have a relationship and I'll share a meal. This is what Jesus intends to do in our life. I was thinking about this unnamed man. I think, I think the Lord intended for this man to remain unnamed, why? because that unnamed man represents us. It's intended to represent all of us. We all have that choice. Are we gonna open the door to Jesus? Are we gonna welcome him in? Are we gonna allow him to sit at the table and have a meal with us? We need to be like this unnamed man, be willing to open the door. Are you willing today to open the door of your heart to Jesus? Are you willing to welcome him in? This morning I was reading a passage in Matthew 26. It's the same account, but something a little different in this account, this is what it says. Jesus told his disciples, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. For those of you who are Greek scholars, the word here is kairos, not chronos, not chronological time, the appointed time, kairos. He says, my kairos time is here. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. And I wondered today if, Maybe Jesus is saying to you, my appointed time with you has arrived. Today is the day I stand at the door and I knock and I'm asking, will you let me in? Will you let me come in? I have an appointment with you. I want you to welcome me in. Are we willing to prepare a place for him? One of the things that the Jewish people would do is that they would actually leave the door cracked open, and they would also leave an open seat because they believed that at some point, Elijah would come back and that he would sit at the table. But what the Jewish people didn't realize is that the seat that they intended for Elijah was actually the seat for Jesus. Now, I can't prove this in the text because it's not here, but I can't help but think that if the disciples went ahead and put out a cup for the prophet Elijah, that Jesus took that seat and had a seat in that spot. The Jewish people would leave a crack in the door and they would leave an open seat for Jesus. I wanna challenge you today to leave a crack in the door of your heart and leave an open seat for Jesus. Allow him to come in, allow him to minister to you. For you see, Jesus offers friendship and forgiveness to everyone at his table, including you and me. He wants to meet with you. He wants to have fellowship with you. And today as I close, I wanna give you the opportunity to welcome Jesus into your heart. 
So I wanna invite you to stand with me, set aside every distraction. I know you have other things you're focusing on for the rest of the today, but I wanna invite you to focus in on Jesus. He's here in the house and he wants to be in your life. If you're here today and you wanna leave space for Jesus, if you wanna make room for Jesus, fortunately for us to allow him in, it's as clear as ABC. It's A, admitting that we need Jesus in our life. We want him in our life. B, believing that he died on the cross and that his broken body and his shed blood was enough to pay for our sin and to give us hope and freedom and eternal life. And then C, confessing with our mouth from the depth of our heart that we want him to lead us. If you're today and you wanna say yes to the real Jesus, you wanna welcome him into the heart of your life, this is your moment. So I'm gonna invite everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes, even those of you who are watching at home, this is a moment, lean into this. If you're here today and you've sensed Jesus knocking on the door, saying my appointed time is here, I wanna invite you to open your heart to Jesus. I wanna invite you to welcome him in. And if you wanna welcome him in today and you need to welcome him in today, I wanna invite you to raise your hand on the count of three. You're just saying, Jesus, I'm willing to open the door to you. On the count of three, raise your hands. One, two, three. Yes, yes, hands left to right, side to side, up in the balcony as well. Jesus sees you. Now that you've said you want him in, I want you to say from your heart with your mouth that you want him in your life. And so I'm gonna invite all of us to say this prayer from our heart. Say, Jesus, today I make room for you. I open my heart and my life to you. Come in, forgive my sin. Heal me today. Give me a future. I welcome you. Be the Lord of my life today and forever. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. If you just said that prayer, congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. Let's give them a hand. We invite you to text New Life to the number on the screen. And also at the end of our time, our prayer team will be here to pray with you and encourage you. But the Lord's not done because now as believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus is inviting us to his table. So I invite you to retrieve your your communion elements. I want you to hold them out. And we're gonna ask God to bless this moment, bless these elements, hold it out. And let's go before the Lord at the table of the Lord. Jesus, we come to you. We choose to welcome you to our table. You're the Lord of the Passover. You're the Lord of our life. And so Lord, we come to you. We know we're taking communion, but you're administering it to us. And I pray, Lord, that you would show up powerfully in this moment, Jesus. You're welcome in this house. You're welcome in our hearts. You're welcome in our lives. And Lord, we ask that you come into this moment that you minister to us. You're welcome here. In Jesus' name, amen. If you see the cell in the top, I invite you to pull it back. There's a wafer of bread. This bread represents the body of Jesus. Jesus went to a cross and he took our brokenness on him. He took the punishment that we deserved in his body 
He allowed his body to be broken for our brokenness so that we could have a whole life. But also the bread represents friendship because in those times when you would break bread with somebody, it meant something intimate, something that friends would do. And so Jesus, your Lord and Savior is saying, I wanna be a friend to you. I wanna walk with you. I wanna have meals with you. And so today, we're gonna take this bread tells us that on the day that he was betrayed, the, the night before he was crucified, he had this meal with his friends and he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke and he said, this, body, this bread represents my body, which is broken for you. Take in remembrance of me. So as you take together, remember him. Let's take together. And after he had taken the bread, he took the cup. I invite you to open up the cup. This cup represents my blood, which is shed for you. You know, in the human body, the blood has white blood cells and those white blood cells provide healing to our physical bodies. In the blood of Jesus, there's the forgiveness of sin and there is healing. And if you need healing today, I want you to declare your need before the Lord and then take together. Let's take together in remembrance of him. Let's take the cup together. Jesus, thank you so much for inviting us to your table. And through these elements, we remember your death, your sacrifice for us, how you went to the cross and how you allowed your blood to be poured out and how you allowed your body to be broken for us. And we just say, thank you, Jesus. You're so good and you're so faithful. And Lord, we just say, thank you. Thank you for giving your life, for pouring out your life, God. And right now we make room for you. We open the door of our heart. We choose to sit at your table. We choose to have a relationship with you. And I pray, Lord, that as we step into worship right now, if there are people who need hope and healing today, that they would discover it at your table, God. It's about you, Jesus. We focus on you and you alone. You're welcome in this house. I ask God that you would perform miracles and perform healing and transformation for your people today. We worship you and we say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the one who came and gave his life for us.